Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is January 1st, 2021. The first official podcast of this year. Want to just use this podcast just to get a review of the events that took place in 2020 and just when I was sitting back looking over some of the stuff we were so and I I should say I was so consumed with the COVID situation of course politics involving the current administration that there were a number of things that I truly I truly forgot First and foremost, 2020, in fact, March 28th of 2020, was when I launched this podcast. And also, there were things, of course, that took place in the previous three months before I um, got the podcast up and running. And then just going back to seeing how long this year truly was when you just do a culmination of January to December, this truly was a long year. So pretty much what I wanted to do is just take this time to do a review of the events that I just felt played a major part in what caught my attention and also how even some of the events that took place during this during this year is going to roll over into this current year so pretty much um getting started like i said i launched this podcast in march of 2020 and you know my sole purpose for launching it was simply just to get things off my mind get things off my chest um some of you know that i uh, a clinician I do behavior um, consultant and one of the things that I always reiterated to all of my clients is to journal their thoughts and their feelings whether it be writing it down uh, recording it or just um, sharing it in the sessions that I conduct with them so I kind of took my own advice and wanted to just find a venue that I could just start expressing what was going on. So really the podcast was launched out of just, it's my therapeutic session that I'm sharing with an audience. The goal was every five days or so for at least a minimum of 30 minutes where I just I just vent. And I can honestly say that after each podcast, there's something that is just it's lifted off of me. Because in between the times when I finish a podcast and I start getting information for the next podcast, I actually start writing things down. And there's sometimes I'm just chomping at the bits. I'm like, I cannot wait to get to that next 
podcast where I can just get this stuff off my chest. So I would suggest strongly that with the population of the planet, I live to see a world where 50% of individuals just start a podcast. Because trust me, and I share this with my clients, there's somebody, there's, there's definitely somebody out there that will share the same views that you have something that you will say that that person is like, I was thinking the exact same thing. It's, it's nothing more gratifying when you put information out there and a person says something like, I was thinking this. Or if I put something on Facebook and a person actually takes my thoughts, it's not just when I post some silly meme or, you know, some silly statement, but when I post my actual words that I came up with and another person feel compelled to share it, that's, that's probably one of the most gratifying feelings or that this podcast is gaining tractions. You know, I'm getting likes on Facebook. I'm getting followings on Facebook. I'm getting people that when I announce that there's a new episode that is being launched, there are a number of people that are liking that. And there are a number of people that are giving me feedback in regards to what I'm saying. Because if you notice, every time I end a podcast, I always say, whether you agree with me or not, have questions for me, I'm open to it. I love all opinions. In fact, I love the opinions more that disagree with me because in some cases, not all, but in some cases, I'm learning something new. If it's, you know, being corrected over something that I said or a person offering another viewpoint. I love it. I, I have this thing about learning something new every day. And it goes the same with this podcast. When I complete it and publish it within 24 hours, I get feedback from people that will say, OK, well, you made this statement. But what if you expressed it this way or what if it came from that point of view? See, I, I love I love stuff like that. I love. So, again, please. Um, please just keep keep it coming. Please keep it coming. With that being said, so let's, you know, the year in review. So we're going back to January 2020. Of course, the first thing that comes to mind is the tragic death of Kobe Bryant and his daughter. You know, I'm willing to believe that the majority of people can remember where they were at when they heard the news of this tragedy. It just not only did, you know, you heard about Kobe Bryant being killed in a helicopter. Then you heard the speculations that his daughter might have been in the helicopter and then you're like please god please god please just not the child and then when you find out it was confirmed that 
you know, it was Kobe Bryant and his daughter that were killed in this crash. It, it broke your heart. It broke your heart. So again, you know, and that's, that is how 2020 started. Um, another thing, a lot of people forget Donald Trump, he was impeached in January. It just seemed, it seemed so long ago, but Trump was impeached. If I'm correct, I think it was the only the third, the third time that a sitting president was impeached. But this happened. Now, of course, I think it kind of fell on deaf ears because in February, of course, he was acquitted of all charges by the Republican-led Senate. So pretty much without a doubt, though, it puts it, it puts a taint on his on his presidency. And then, of course, you know, in February, there was the murder of Ahmaud Arbery a young black man in Georgia who literally was tracked down and then gunned down by just three individuals that didn't have nothing to do, but just, they just wanted to fuck with him. What didn't have nothing else better to do. And you know, when the smoke cleared in this situation, and of course, you know, you found out the third person was later, um, arrested but it's it's no doubt that this was planned they knew they knew his his routine you know everybody knew that mr aubrey was a runner he ran that route every day they saw this and they just decided you know we're gonna fuck with him we're gonna you know we ain't got nothing else to do so we just gonna you know chase him down scare him Cause that's all it was, in my opinion. We're gonna scale him. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play with this grown person, and then it went bad. You know, it's more or less they bucked at somebody that is like, hey, you got the wrong motherfucker, and he bucked back, and see, they panicked, they got scared, and they shot, they shot and killed him. And that's all it was. It was a, a joke that just, it went bad. You know, and of course, this situation is still, you know, this case is still being um, processed. You know, they I think the last I heard, maybe a couple of months ago, I, I think the father and the son were trying to get, get set up for bail and whatnot. And I'll be truthful. With all that's been going on, I lost track of it. To my understanding, I don't think they were granted bail. But you know, um, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna do a follow up on that. So by the next podcast, I'll, I'll know so I can correct myself. Then also in February, there was a situation with Jesse Smollett. Um, you know, I don't know what to make of that story. It's like, it, and it's so funny. You know, if you get that feeling when you hear a story and you're listening to it and everything don't line up. That's how I felt about this story. It was like, you hear stories, this person was harassed, this person was murdered, and it gets you riled up. But when I heard the story of Jesse Smollett, I'm thinking, I couldn't, 
I don't even think I sat up in my chair because it just, it, it just, it was fishy. It just did not pan out. And then of course now you had all this other stuff that went on that it was made up, that, you know, it was self-inflicted. And, you know, the question is why? I don't think they ever came to the conclusion why he did it. Well, I don't think he, they ever came to the conclusion why he did it because he never owned up to it. But it's just, you know, yeah, why? What's the purpose? What what was he going to gain from this? Um, then there was also the conviction of Harvey Weinstein. Pretty much um, he was convicted and he's still in jail. I mean, I saw a recent photo of Harvey Weinstein. I mean, this dude looks terrible. I mean, oh my gosh, he, he looks horrible. But, hey, okay, it is what it is. Um, then we go into March. March was the tragic and senseless killing of Miss Breonna Taylor. Miss Taylor, a black woman from Kentucky, who, for all account measures, you know, you could look at her pictures. You could see the brightness in her smile the positive mentality. She was an EMT, you know, you know, the things that people say about her, you can see it. You know, when people say she had a desire to improve on everything, you could see it. There was like that drive that she had and in a senseless act by the police, she was gunned down in her home really while she was asleep. And you know, I mean, you know, I say Gunda, she was murdered by the police. And you know, of course, there was, you know, there was a trial, a grand jury, and pretty much, you know, it, it got swept under the rug. You know, everybody thought justice was gonna happen because the Attorney General of Kentucky, a black man, was going to be over the case and people forget just because you have melon in your skin don't mean you are of a conscious cause because you know this guy is a protege of Mitch McConnell so he did what daddy Mitch wanted him to do he pretty much he swept it under the rug um, then of course there's March. We gonna keep continuing the March. That was when really we started really hearing the term COVID, the COVID virus. You know it was sketchy. You know, and the thing I remember about the COVID virus was that when President Obama was still in office, it was rumored that he was pre preparing an infrastructure for a virus that was unknown that they could not really pinpoint and couldn't really, they didn't understand what it was. It was believed that, you know, it was, it was coming from Asia or, you know, some people say China, but he had, like I said, infrastructure in place. He had a task force, he had staff, he had resources, funding. You know, organizations were set up. 
because he knew it was coming. And our boy, when he came in office, he dismantled all that. When I say our boy, our boy Donald Trump, he dismantled all of this for no apparent reason. It, he just he just did away with it. And, you know, they announced, okay, we got the COVID virus. The thing, the thing I remember about the COVID virus, you know, we as black people, we were like, okay, it seemed like it was affecting white people. I mean, really, to even pinpoint it, it was affecting rich white people because it was hitting them because they were traveling abroad. So we as black people were like, okay, well, if I stay home, I'm good. And then lo and behold, before you knew it, it was like, oh, if you got diabetes, you got hypertension, sickle cell. And it was like, well, damn, it, it took a turn. It went, it jumped from rich white people to all black people. And it was like, it's like, you know, now it's like, oh, they done made a disease that pretty much could possibly kill us off. And then all of a sudden you started looking across the board and it started, it started hitting everybody. And I mean, as of this recording from, you know, and, and you know, of course, there, there, there are beliefs that the number of deaths that were in late 2019 that you know people have flu-like symptoms and stuff like that but they just they didn't have a name for it but it's like from let's say from march till january 1st 2021 it's believed that over 315,000 people in this country are dead and the thing about it what if back in March, the federal government would have just took the lead and just implement certain, certain precautions? What, what would this country look like today if those things were put in place? And it's like, you know, or even like, what if governors, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking for Georgia, you know, Governor Kemp, who I don't know what for whatever reason, he just felt the need to impress President Trump by downplaying the restrictions even worse. He kept the state open. He didn't put any type of restrictions or anything. He just... He just basically said, fuck the citizens of this state. It, it, it was so bad that even Trump was like, hell shit, I'm, I'm not that evil. And it's like, what, what was he trying to get? And the, the funny thing is, up to, from that point to now, of course, Trump done, Trump done ran Governor Brian Kemp over, told him that he was weak, that, you know, because, of course, Trump wouldn't, um, I mean, excuse me, because Kemp wouldn't intervene in the recount process. 
because you know Kemp is like okay there's there's rules there's laws that I have to abide by and Trump is like I don't give a damn do your job you're supposed to be helping me you was kissing my ass back in March now I need for you to kiss my ass in November where you at why you can't pucker up now but either way you know it's just when you think about the precautions, even even the killings that, you know, I'm going to continue on. But what if he would have just said the, the murder of Ahmaud Aubrey was a tragedy, not just skimming over the surface or Brianna Taylor, I want it to go to a federal, uh, federal level. But he didn't do this. He didn't do none of this. You know. Then, you know, there's the start of the um, NBA season. It's the way the NBA restructured their season because of the COVID virus. And pretty much, I think, that sent, that sent the real message to the country. April, I mean, I, I won't say April was quiet, but, you know, off the top of my head, I don't think nothing happened in April other than, you know, people still dying from COVID. Um, but, you know, the month of May, the month of May, we got the death, excuse me, the murder of George Floyd. Um, that even... And I think that was that was the changer. That was the changer. And I think, in my opinion, a lot of things played in part to the George Floyd murder. Uh, first of all, George Floyd, black man, was murdered by a police officer in Minnesota named Derek Chauvin. And pretty much, I mean, it just showed that I, it, I'm like, I still don't understand the purpose and the reason why this officer did this. But there's no doubt in my mind, he intentionally killed this man. Now you hear stuff that they knew each other. They, you know. Uh, Floyd worked at this one of the nightclubs that uh, Officer Chavin um, did security at, so that you know they ran into each other. They knew they knew each other. There was talk about a counterfeit, um, some counterfeit money, which it still never was brought up as to whether or not the money was counterfeit or not. But it's just, this murder was what, I guess, galvanized the Black Lives Movement. And I think when you look at this murder taking place, and then you look at COVID, and you look at how the culmination you, okay, first of all, at this point, we're 
we're confined to our homes because this is still really the early stages of COVID. Nobody knows anything about COVID. So we're confined to our homes. So we're watching TV. We're watching social media, whole nine yards. So this video forced us to sit still and watch this over and over. Just when you saw one video, somebody else had another angle. The thing is, all the videos pretty much, it shows this man, this, 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 this man, this, this person on this man's neck, on his throat, while other officers holding him down for just under nine minutes. He's on his throat. The man is begging for his life. The man done relieved himself. He's crying. The people in the crowd are yelling, saying he's dying. You know, you can hear him, which is part of the most significant thing. You hear him calling out to his mother. His mother's gone. She's she's dead. But he's calling out to his mother. And this guy does not flinch. He does not move. The other officers do not say, hey, you know, hey, you got you got to let up. You got to, you know, let him up, let him up. No, you don't see none of that. And this guy literally dies in front. He dies in front of our eyes. And of course, you know, they try to, you know, say that, oh, you know, he he died on the way to the hospital. You know, it's, it's bullshit. Even, you know, they, they fake the paramedics. You can see the paramedics coming to pick them up and they dress like the sheriff because that's who it was. They knew to, to play it off to make it look like he didn't die on that scene. They had to make it look like they were taking him away. Because if they would have put him on that gurney and covered his face up, pronouncing him dead right there, no telling what would have happened. But another impact that I felt that took place with this situation was that the, the significance of this was that it forced white people to look directly at this situation. Because of COVID, they couldn't get away from it. They, you know, like everybody, they were locked down. And I think what white people could not do, they could not come up with no type of excuse. You know, in the past, well, what was he doing? Or was he fighting? Did he provoke, you know, the situation? Did he threaten? They didn't, they didn't see none of this. So when white folks actually came to the conclusion that this was not justified, that's when, that's when everything just, it, it just, it set something off in this country. And of course, the White House, again, not taking it, advantage of an opportunity to say, okay, this was unjustified. We're going to give Minnesota the full backing of the investigation. 
we're going to make sure that justice is served. No, they didn't do that. The White House, like in all situations, they added more fuel. They added more fuel to the fire. Okay, now we're in June. There's the murder of Rashad Brooks by the Atlanta police officer. Rashad Brooks, black man, fell asleep. Yes, it was believed that he might have been intoxicated. He fell asleep in a drive-thru. He gets out or, you know, he's woken up by the police. Before you know it, everything is like, when you look at the video, you're like, am I missing something? Because it's just like, it is so calm. How did we get from that conversation of being so calm to the man being dead? And it was like instant. The struggle starts. He tased one police officer and another police officer saw fit. He shot him in the back. This man is drunk, half sleep, full drunk, and you shoot him in the back. You got his car. You could pretty much sense that he's really, he's harmless. You could have just put a, a APB out and just say, go find him. The man would have probably been somewhere just laid out in some grass somewhere asleep. Or maybe he would have made it to the home of a loved one. But instead, you shot him. You shot and killed him. And, yeah, and that's, that's the mindset. If I'm threatened, I'm going to shoot you. I'm going to shoot you in your back, your unarmed, anything. And this is the training of police officers today. Because it's fear. And you're putting a gun in the hands of a person that's afraid. It's, it's going to end bad every time. Every time. Another significant thing in the month of June, something that I never thought would happen. NASCAR actually started banning the Confederate flag at their events. Um, if anybody ever been to a NASCAR race, there are probably more Confederate flags waving in the air than the American flag. However, in response to the George Floyd murder, and the Black Lives Movement, NASCAR chose to take this step. Also, later, the state of Mississippi removed the Confederate flag symbol from their state flag. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, things were starting to get people's attention. You know, Confederate statues were starting to be removed. Because the thing is, you keep saying you want to end racism, but you keep so much symbolism of racism here and there. Some stuff you just, you've been seeing all your life. Some of these bases, you know, like, you know, um, Fort Benning, you know, Fort Bragg, these, these. These bases are named after Confederate soldiers. It's just that they, you've been hearing it for so long, you, you don't even give it a second thought. Or you see that statue that's, you know, in front of a state capitol building. 
you probably don't even care who the person is, but you never realize, you know, what the the statue was erected for. But uh, we're now going into July, which of course was the passing of Congressman, Atlanta Congressman John Lewis. You know, the term good trouble. You know, this gentleman go all the way back to Bloody Sunday, Selma, Alabama. And pretty much, I mean, this guy, his whole life, because I want to say the Selma, Bloody Sunday situation, I think Lewis was like 21, 22 years old in the 60s, if I'm correct, 50, 60, up to this point. I mean, the dot, the, the man died still working. He didn't retire, you know, pretty much didn't take days off. You know, even when he was ill, you didn't, I didn't realize he was that ill. I knew he was battling some form of cancer, but I thought it went into remission, but it just, he succumbed to that. But I mean, he died fighting all the way up to the end. Then of course, you know, um, July is also when the NBA resumed, because at one point they did stop, but they restructured the format by putting players in what was called the bubble. Again, this was a key example of how things could work when necessary, how we could combat COVID if people put their minds together. Uh, it, it was almost like a roadmap as to what the federal government with, you know, its think tank, if there's such a thing in the Trump administration, that they could have done. But, you know, you, you, you come to the conclusion, it was hard to fathom that the federal government truly, intentionally did not want to help people. They wanted chaos to ensue. But it's, you know, it's like, who who benefited from this? And, you, and of course, you know, it goes back to, you know, September 11th, when the towers went down. Somebody benefited from it. There were people that got rich off of that. So I'm sure, you know, I mean, you look at the two individuals that's running for the Senate and um, the Republican candidates in the state of Georgia. It is believed that they invested in businesses that would benefit from COVID or companies that either would profit off of COVID or companies that would go down because of COVID. So, I mean, pretty much um, you, you see, you see the, the benefits of the Republican Party. When you look at why stimulus checks were being held up before and even to this day, why the stimulus checks are not being released or why is it, why is it being hesitated? Because people fail to realize that what is going on with the Republican Senate, Mitch McConnell, 
he's sitting there being backed by major corporations. So funding would only assist small businesses. And the irony is that the Republican always talk about small businesses. We're here for the small business. Small businesses are the backbone of the, of the country. But it's a lie. They know that if they start giving fundings, that it's going to keep the small businesses alive. So corporations like McDonald's, corporations like H&R Block, they don't want the small mom and pop operations to survive. They want them to die out because, of course, when they die out, those, clus those customers are going to come and, and seek their services. Again, you know, going back to the NBA, you know, one of the things that was a perfect example was the shooting in Milwaukee of uh, Jacob Black. I mean, excuse me, Jacob Blake. When the NBA threatened to boycott the playoffs because they actually they really they boycotted one or two games. And from there, they had the attention of the NBA owners and right then and there they started making their their demands one of the major demands that they um, put in was that basketball arenas would be used as voting sites and then another issue that took place in sports was that the football team in Washington DC they changed their names from a derogatory statement to the Washington Football Club just like that. And again, it took the murder of George Floyd and Black Lives Matter movement to make this happen. We come to August. Another heartbreak. Chadwick Bozeman lost his bout with cancer. And the, the thing that I got from his death was he exemplified what quality of life looks like versus quantity. I mean, in my opinion, he accomplished so much in his short lifespan. I mean, I just watched a movie, you know, he passed away back in August and I just, re I just recently watched a movie that he, he just made. I don't even know if that's his last movie, but you know, there's still movies that are coming out. But the thing is, you knew he was battling cancer and he kept working. He worked up to his last day and he did it with dignity. Um, that's, to me, that's how it should be. September, we had the death of Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Uh, again, what people just don't realize about Justice Ginsburg is the things that she spoke out against. I mean, gay and lesbian rights, the rights of disabled individuals. I mean, again, as a clinician, you know, um, on the behalf, on the behalf of people with mental issues, um, mental diagnosis, 
these are the things that she championed. She spoke out against these things. Of course, you know, she was replaced in October by a justice that was totally the opposite of what she was, which of course, you know, I mean, you know, when people say, oh, you know, Justice Barrett is not Justice Ginsburg, well, like, okay, what do you expect? The individuals that appointed these individuals are not the same. So, I mean, you know, this go back to Clarence Thomas. You know, he replaced, a lot of people forget, Clarence Thomas replaced Thurgood Marshall. You know, everybody kept saying, you should replace Thurgood Marshall with another black justice. So George Bush, the father, was like, okay, I got you. So he gave him Clarence Thomas, because I guess black people didn't realize that a justice or a black person can be conservative. And George Bush not only found a black man, he found probably the most conservative black man. So, you know, like the statement goes, be careful what you wish for. I think there needs to be a little bit more detail in what you're wishing for. Okay, now we're in the month of November. <laughs> and pretty much it took all the way to November for us to get some type of good news which, you know, the presidential election, which, of course, we know Joseph Biden and his running mate, Senator, Vice President-elect, Howard University alumni, member of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, Carmela Harris, they were elected to take over on January 20th. You know, of course... It took nearly, what, three, three weeks for everything to be officially confirmed. But, you know, it was never a doubt that they were going to be president and vice president. But it's just, it's just amazing how that White House, I, you know, I, I learned so much in four years of, even if it's just, what you're not supposed to do as president, I just learned so much that, you know, even like I'm just tripping over the fact that, you know, you could pardon your family. I'm like, oh my gosh, who would who would have guessed? But again, you know, we are now in the month of December. Um, there are vaccines for the COVID virus taking shape. Uh, as of this recording, you know, 18 million people have contracted the COVID virus. And of that 18 million, 315 million people have passed away. Um, so it's not like it's just, you know, people say 2020 is over. Yeah, I mean, if anything, 2020 has showed us what is there. 2021 is more or less how do we take what we witness in 2020 and implement it improve on it because it's it's there it's you know like i said today is january 1st it's everything is still in place it's just if anything i've always looked at the end of the year as the end of the tax year that's the only significance that i really have gotten for the end of the year it's like okay i can officially say 
for the year 2020, I made this amount of money. Now it's time to start all over again. Um, again, currently Georgia is in a runoff for two Senate seats. We're still in early voting. However, uh, January 5th is the actual voting date. The impact that these elections could have on this country to say that it's great is that's an understatement for this country to heal to get back get back on track those seats need to be taken by democrats i believe that even if the republicans actually win those seats back i believe that there's still there's still hope there's still um room for improvement i think things will still move forward it's just that you know you kind of gotta pretty much coerce people to move in that direction which it doesn't necessarily mean that just because it'll be a 50 50 split because there could be a democrat that can say you know what i want something and i'm going to hold my vote if anything it will give both parties leverage to really get what they truly want. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting. This, this is going to be a interesting next two years from a political point of view. Um, again, that was my view of the past year. It was, it was, it was trying, but at the same time, overall, I can say, from a personal point of view, I'm truly blessed. I am truly blessed. My heart goes out to those who lost loved ones. However, I have to also just thank God that I'm, I'm, I'm blessed based on my own personal medical experiences, family, friends, loved ones. Everybody is Everybody is well. Um, it is my goal to continue to get better with this podcast, promoting information, gaining knowledge that I can pass on to the audience, and just keep moving forward, God willing. This has been another episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz. Like I said, got any questions, got any disagreements, um, opinions, I love hearing it all. Please follow my page on Facebook. Comment at that point. Hopefully in five days, I can get back to you with more information. Until then, God bless. And stay safe. And I'll talk to you later.